Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. On this episode, Joe Daly, familiar name around Winnipeg. He got a mural of himself up in Bronx Park. We'll talk to him about that honor, as well the MJHL report heads to Dauphin, where they're holding their Ukrainian nights on Saturday, and I go down memory lane and revisit some of those painful times where I turned off the game too early and missed something fantastic. Why? Don't turn off this podcast too early. Listen to the whole thing, please. Please? If you haven't seen it online or in the news over the weekend, Winnipeg Jets 1.0 goalie and Winnipeg native Joe Daly had a mural of his likeness unveiled at Bronx Park Community Center, part of a Jets initiative to honor its alumni with more murals coming down the road. Daly, of course, still calls Winnipeg home, operating Joe Daly's Sports and Framing on St. Mary's Road. And Daly joins me now on the CGOB Sports Show. Joe, growing up, did you ever think you'd see a mural of yourself at Bronx Park? No, I didn't. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, you know, when you uh, when you start off as a as a youngster at a community club, uh, your hope is that uh, you can make one of the teams that's there, uh, and uh, you never dream about uh, someday uh, them sort of uh, immortalizing you uh, by doing something like they've done for me. And it's uh, truly amazing and uh, much appreciated. And uh, uh, as I always say, I'm not so sure I deserve it, but uh, uh, it's it's beautiful, and uh, and, and I'm hum- humbled by it for sure. When did you learn that uh, you were getting this honor? Well, we discussed it over a year ago, actually. Uh, a couple of the fellas, uh, Anders Strom from the Jets, and uh, uh, they talked about wanting to start to sort of recognize some of the uh, Jets alumni that had grown up in Winnipeg uh, participated at, at uh, one of the local community clubs, and, and they thought that uh, they could uh, start something by uh, doing uh, a mural of a player that uh, they feel is uh, has been prominent in the, in the organization over some time. And, and uh, they said they wanted to start with me, and I thought it was quite an honor to uh, not only be asked if, if, if uh, I would be in favor of it, but uh, that they were going to uh, do it uh, for me. And uh, and so it uh, it took some time. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, um, I, I'm like I say, it's amazing, and I'm very proud of, of uh, the honor. And uh, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, I can inspire maybe uh, a youth or two uh, that goes to the community club to chase their dream. Did you spend a lot of time at Bronx Park when you were younger? I did. Uh, I started off there. My first hockey endeavors were, were at that community club, and I left for a, a, a few years, went to, went over to East End Barrens, which was off of Watt Street, again, still in East Kildonan, and then uh, Melrose Community Club started, and they had to zone the area so that they could attract some of the kids. And I, I went and played one year there and then went back to, to Bronx to finish off my, uh, uh, midget and juvenile career there. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to win a city and provincial uh, juvenile championship my last year there. So, um, that, that was pretty special as well. What was it like to play for a pro team in your home city? Well, that was the, uh, that was the one attraction when I was approached about, the opportunity. I, I thought how wonderful that would be to come home and play, and uh, 
and you know allow my children to sort of establish themselves uh, in the community as well and you know get some schoolmates that they could grow up with and and um as a kid growing up I would have never thought something like that to be possible but uh again um it 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 happened and uh I've always said that uh, the 72 to 79 years of my career were were the best ever, and I never regretted uh, jumping leagues. What do you think of the Winnipeg Jets now, this new organization, more and more every year digging back into their history and honoring those of the 1.0 era? Well, I, I, I can tell you that I, as well as all of us, very much appreciate just being associated uh, with the Jets organization. I know... Um, it's been said many times that we're, you know, not the same franchise because the the franchise that we were all sort of part of at the start is the one that went to Phoenix. But at the end of the day, uh, the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg have a heritage and they uh, chose to uh, follow suit with uh, calling themselves the Jets. And I I, I can't thank the, the True North group and Mark Chipman uh, enough uh, because of what they've tried to do to encompass uh, not only the original uh, Jets team, but going back to the WHA days. And, you know, it's not easy for an NHL franchise and the and the league itself to embrace a league that was uh, sort of in competition with them back at the time. And and yet we've been able to prove that uh, it can be done in a, in a very uh, special way. And and so, uh, you know, we're all very thankful for our participation as an alumnus uh, now. And uh, we all proudly go around the city and, and toot the horn of the current Jets. And, and I, can't, uh, I can't be prouder of my association with them and with their uh, efforts uh, uh, not only last year, but this year and going forward. The mural itself, do you think they got it right and got your uh, your hair right, more importantly? <laughs> well, you know, I, I spoke to the uh, the person uh, that was responsible for doing it, and he was more, more uh, concerned uh, whether I was uh, uh, in favor of the facial features, and certainly uh, the hair is something that uh, many people remember uh, that I had for a while, and... Uh, uh, now, uh, of course, they ask me where it all went. Well, uh, we all get older, we all get grayer, and uh, I've chosen to make it much shorter, so it's uh, it's gone full circle. But uh, no, the mural is absolutely beautiful. I I couldn't have uh, sort of planned it out any any nicer myself. And, uh, and like I say, it's a, a tremendous tribute and honor. So I've been going around the city trying to skate at every outdoor hockey rink at community centers this winter. I'm about almost halfway there, and Bronx Park was one of the first ones I went to. It's uh, it's wonderful. The facilities there are great, and I think it's cool going to all these community clubs and seeing pieces of history inside of these little clubs to remember the people that came before, and you see old trophies and jerseys, and it's just a reminder of kind of how important hockey is to this city. Well, that, I think that's what they're they're trying to, you know, sort of uh, continue with, or I don't want to say create, because obviously you've seen uh, some of the uh, features in some of the other uh, buildings. But uh, I think it's important that uh, uh, when you're growing up at a community club that 
you have something or somebody that you can look up to and and hopefully uh, as i said uh, uh, somebody may look at the fact that joe daly came out of this community club and they they know a little bit about me and the history of my career and the fact that i am a winnipegger and maybe just maybe one of those children can if it's not sports, it's it's maybe an academic field that they choose to follow, and but at least follow a dream because that's that's what I had when I was participating at the community club was just dreaming about maybe one day I can play in one of those buildings that I uh, used to watch on a Saturday night uh, uh, feverishly. Uh, you know, um, we got the one game a week, and it was Saturday night, and that was hockey and. Uh, had to be home to make sure I watched it. So uh, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, maybe some of the kids that uh, go to the club there now will uh, say, you know what, maybe I can be something or somebody someday. And uh, if if they can, then I feel that uh, the tribute they've given me will... Uh, will resonate for a long time. Before I let you go, Joe, I'm just curious to get the perspective of a, of a goalie. When you watch the pro game now, when you're watching the Jets, are you specifically focused on the play of someone like Connor Hellebuck, or do you still watch the game kind of the same way other people would? Well, I, you know, obviously I, I pay a little closer attention to the goal area and, and, and the performance of our goalies. And, and actually during all the games I watch, I specifically like to see the replays and, and uh, when they slow it down, uh, you can actually see uh, why the puck might have entered the net because it's so easy for us uh, as fans to sit in the stands or sit on a couch at home and, and sort of criticize or be critical, you know, say, oh, the, gee, that, that goal should have been stopped. Well, uh, unless you've ever played the position or understand what might be transpiring during the course of a game, uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be critical because you don't know what the goalie was seeing or thinking at the particular time. And, uh, but yeah, I do, uh, I do follow it. Uh, Connor and I have, uh, had the opportunity to uh, speak with each other, uh, a couple of times I've had him at the store and, and, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a heck of a person and, and I just love the, the makeup of him as a goalie. And, and what can we say about our backup, uh, uh, I mean, uh, when you when you sign on your second goaltender, I don't know that you anticipate you're going to get the performance that we've been fortunate enough to get this year out of Laura. I call him Larry uh, Laurent Brassant. There, he's he's been fantastic. So I I think we're uh, we're in good shape there, at least for the remainder of uh, of this season and and uh, going forward. I'm uh, like I say, I'm a big fan of Helly's, and I I feel strongly that. Uh, He's got he's got all the tools to give us the goaltending that uh, that a championship team needs. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time this afternoon, this evening. I uh, congratulate you on the honor, the mural. It'll be up there for a long time, and uh, enjoy the rest of this Jet season. Well, thank you so much. It, I appreciate you uh, allowing me to express myself today, and uh, and I will. I'm going to enjoy the uh, season immensely, and I, I hope we can watch it. And not only well into May, but maybe even June this year. Joe Daly, what a treasure. Time for the MJHL report. And this week we head to Dauphin, where the Kings are hosting their annual Ukrainian night Saturday with a special guest, Barry Trotz. Joining me to talk about it is Kristen Laughlin, marketing director for the Dauphin Kings. Christian, for those who have never been to Dauphin, what's the Ukrainian community like? 
Well, the Ukrainian community itself is uh, <laughs> it's pretty significant out here. I know it's, it's obviously in Winnipeg and it's obviously throughout Manitoba, but I guess it's uh, even more so in, in Dauphin. Everyone knows that uh, the city hosts Canada's National Ukrainian Festival in August. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty big Ukrainian town for sure. And so is this a Ukrainian night at the Dauphin Kings game? Is this something that happens every year for this team? Well, about uh, four years ago, it started, and uh, it was at the time it was uh, marketing person Carla Wolfenden who went to Ryan Rollick, who's still obviously helping out with the game today. But uh, Ryan Rollick was uh, with Roofs Furniture, and and the team and Roofs Furniture partnered up four years ago, and they came up with Ukrainian Night. And the the first game four years ago, they just called it Ukrainian Night. They kind of rolled with it. They had a, a thing called the Kubasa toss and, and a few other things throughout the game. And uh, at that game, the Kubasaw toss, I guess it went viral. Uh, it turned into a big thing uh, across Canada. Uh, it was all over the news and all sorts of stuff like that. So they kind of picked it up after that. And the second year, uh, two years ago, or I guess, well, yeah, two years ago, uh, they decided to come out with jerseys. And the jerseys went even more viral. So then last year, we switched up the jerseys. And it's just gotten bigger and bigger every year. So uh, Ukrainian night this year, uh, it, it's a big one. Um, Barry Trotz, obviously, who's from Dauphin. He was here in the summer. Uh, he's coming back. He was coming back to visit family, obviously, with the All-Star break and everything like that. And we just uh, messaged him and said, hey, you want to come to, to a Kings game and maybe drop the puck? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be in town. I'll be a couple blocks away. So it uh, worked out really well. Forgive my ignorance as a kid from Ontario, but what's a kubasa? <laughs> kubasa is basically a sausage. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm from Vancouver originally, okay. so yeah. And and there's always there's the pierogies and all that sort of stuff. But I'm sure you know about pierogies. <laughs> I am well aware of pierogies. Yes, yeah. this is all making me a little hungry right now. Yeah. Uh, so to have Barry back, what does that mean for this event and for the team? Well, I mean it's huge. Like I said, he came back in August and he he kind of held a fundraiser when he won the Stanley Cup. He brought the Stanley Cup back to the arena. Uh, and the fundraiser itself raised about $150,000. Uh, he took that money and basically threw it right back into the community, went to a number of places. It went to the hospital. It went to uh, a local school that's building a, a play structure for the kids there, and, and uh, over 25000 of it came to us here at the Dauphin, uh, Dauphin Kings. So, I mean, it's huge to have Barry come back and be a part of Ukrainian Night because I bet it's been a long, long time uh, when Barry last saw a Dauphin Kings game. I like. I'm sure the last Kings game he might have been a part of was maybe when he played with the team a long time ago in the 80s. But uh, it, it's significant to the team. It's significant to the town. And the best thing about it is, is Barry's so laid back about it that uh, it, it's going to just be a fun night with kind of like friends and family of the, the the town of Dauphin, basically. Yeah, you're probably right. Just because he's always coaching, he's always busy during the season, and right now, you know, he's got the All Star break, and he's had All Star breaks in the past. But yeah, to know he's coming back already, that's pretty handy. Just to swing on by the arena. Yeah, and it's perfect. Obviously, Ukrainian night's big, and and yeah, like this year, I think the just, the stars just basically aligned because he's obviously been a part of the All Star game in years past. Uh, there might be years past where the Kings have been on a road trip, and he might not have been able to come out and watch them play being in Dauphin and maybe we're in Portage or something like that. So I think the stars have aligned here and I don't see uh, him coming back anytime soon to see a Kings game. So uh, this may be the one he sees in, in the next very long time. And it just so happens that the team you're facing, the Portage Terriers, is one of the top yeah. teams in the country. Well, and he's got, he's got some coaching experience with Portage too. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot, but he was there as well. So it's kind of, oddly enough, uh, one of the teams he spent some time with uh, in his coaching career. So, yeah, no, Portage, um, 
in the MJHL, there's scheduling meetings back in June. And uh, earlier than that, you can go to teams and you can pre-book a, a number of games. And this was one that we pre-booked probably back in May. Uh, we went to Portage and say, hey, you want to you wanna be a part of this? And, and they were obviously all for it. And, that, and that's been the case every year ever since the first year. Teams that we go to that ask to be a part of this game, they're always uh, excited to see it. And uh, the crowd is, is always fantastic as well. It's always a sold-out or very close to a sold-out crowd. And that's more than usual at these games? Yeah, although uh, we've been pretty good this year. Like, I mean, we're not selling out, and most teams in the MJHL aren't these days. But uh, for the Dauphin Kings, the last uh, few years have been tough. We haven't made the playoffs, but this year we're in a playoff position right now, and we're probably averaging about uh, 100 more fans a night, which is very exciting moving forward into the uh, postseason. How many people does the your arena seat? Uh, it seats about 1,800, and then uh, you can probably get about another three or 400 standing room. Uh, the last time the rink was like completely jam-packed full would have been uh, the Western Canada Cup in 2014 when the Kings played the, the York Interiors, who were obviously just a couple hours down the road. They had a bunch of fans come out that night, and uh, I'd say it was close to 2,300 that night. Nice. Yeah, right now Dauphin is in sixth place, 46 points. Winnipeg Blues also have 46 points. Winkler in eighth has 40 points. So, yeah, you got some space there in the playoff position. So, uh, any other special activities planned for Saturday night? Well, I mentioned the Kubasaw toss. That comes back in the first intermission. So, they've got basically a thousand rings of Kubasaw. Now, they're not actually um, the meat itself, they're, they're oh, okay. basically they're, 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 they're hoses. Uh, they're hoses, and we've got a, a local uh, meat, uh, meat guy here in town, uh, Dave Shodra, who, who does all the wrapping and stuff like that. So those are wrapped uh, artificially. You could say so there's a thousand of those selling for about two bucks. So whoever wins or gets the, the Kubasaw in, I think they're doing a, a stove this year. They bring out an old piece of uh, appliance or whatever, and they try and get people to throw it in there. So whoever gets it in there, they win half the pot. And then the other half goes to, uh, to some Ukrainian organizations here. Like there's Ukrainian dance and stuff like that in Dauphin. And then uh, in the second intermission, there's uh, recliner races. That's always excited for Roos Furniture, exciting for Roos Furniture. And before the game, I forgot to mention, uh, there's player introductions. That's done completely in Ukrainian. Mm. They debut the jerseys. There's a huge light show, all that sort of stuff. And obviously, Barry Trotz is coming, so he'll do the, the ceremonial face-off. Nice. We're trying to get him to drop a, a ring of Kubasaw rather than a puck, <laughs> so we'll see if that works out. I was, was going to ask if you're having 1,000 people just chuck meat on the ice during a hockey game. I don't know how that would go. It might just splatter. <laughs> Yeah, well, the first year it happened, everyone's like, oh, that's such a waste of food. Well, no, it wasn't. It's it's just, it's hoses. It's washing machine hoses and it's okay. like garden hoses and stuff like that. No, it's not real sausage. <laughs> uh, and you said recliner races. I know this isn't a Ukrainian thing, but I'm just curious. I, I know there's all kinds of weird promotions and all kinds of sporting oh, yeah. events, but how do you <laughs> race a recliner? Well, I think uh, the way it's going to be done is, is basically, obviously, the, the outside of the rink will be a, kind of a racetrack, and you'll have two people. One will sit in the recliner, and the other one will push. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how that works. I don't know if they're going to do that on uh, on dirty ice or clean ice. I think it'll slide better on clean, but you might have some more falls on clean ice at the same time. Well, so we'll um, have to wait and see. <laughs> you, yeah, you probably want to have the them get off the ice before they flood it for the players. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All so right. it's it's exciting. Lots of people should be here. Uh, tickets are still on sale, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be a jam-packed place in Dauphin on Saturday night. All right, Christian, I appreciate you taking that time to talk to me tonight, and uh, I like your name. Yes, I like yours too. Thanks, Christian. <laughs> what a dork. I will often watch sports here at work after my show is over just because I don't want to miss something that's going on. So that's what happened yesterday when... Carolina Pliskova was playing Serena Williams at the Australian Open. 
It was late in the second set, and I thought, well, if Pliskova wins, I can go home. But she didn't win the second set, so they went to a third, so I thought, now I'm just going to stay here till this is over. But Serena took over. She had a 5-1 lead in the third set. You need six games to win. It was her serve. She was dominant. Pliskova couldn't get a point, and I said, that ought to do it. Grabbed my coat and went home with a brief 10-minute detour to do some Pokemon Go thing. Doesn't matter. And so when I get inside, I think, all right, the Milo Roundage match is about to start. Let's check my Australian Open app to see if uh, they've started yet. What does that say? Why are they showing Plushkova's photo? Seven, five, seven, seven, five. What? 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 Serena lost? How? And I immediately thought, I missed it. Could have just stayed for five more minutes and would have saw the tides turn and I would have stayed and missed nothing. Instead, I had to watch a replay on YouTube hours later of what happened. And what happened was Serena rolled her ankle on match point and didn't win another point on serve. Lost her next 11 points on serve. It was insane. She had four match points, though. Other three were on Pliskova's serve. Pliskova played really well in those match points. She has painted the lines, but an amazing comeback to win that I didn't see. If you have a time that you can remember, 780-6868, you can always text that in. But for me, the one that sticks out when you're talking about Leaving too early. If I go to a game that I paid money for, I'm not leaving until it's over. I'm milking every dollar, every minute out of that money for tickets that my dad normally pays for. But the point is, we're there. We've usually taken a trip. Why would we beat traffic? That's dumb. Just soak up the experience, right? And that only happened once where we regretted leaving early. And this was not my call. I was 12. I was with my grandpa and my dad at a Jays game. This is when the Jays weren't any good back in the early two, early to mid two thousands. And as we were in the car driving back to Guelph, Ontario, we hear it on the radio that Jay Hillenbrand hit a walk-off home run. And I missed a walk-off home run and I've never seen one in person. Still haven't. Because we had to meet this traffic. TV-wise, I normally stay till the end because I've been burned before. The biggest one was in the 2008 American League Championship Series. I'm a big Red Sox fan. Mentioned that before on the air when they won their World Series this year. They were down 7-0 in Game 5 of that series. And had Tampa Bay won Game 5, the series would have been over. And when it was 7 nothing, heading to the bottom of the 7th, my dad said he was heading to bed, so I said, you know what, I'm going to as well, because this isn't going well. I don't need to see the end of my team's season. So imagine my surprise when, on the shower radio in the morning, I hear, ah, oh, the Boston Red Sox kept their season alive with an 8-7 win. I nearly fell to the floor. Hey, Dad, guess what? I waited till I was out of the shower. But I couldn't. I was like, I got to rush out of the shower. Dad, dad, dad. The, the Red Sox won last night. What? Yes, they scored four in the seventh, three in the eighth, and got the walk-off in the ninth. Second biggest comeback, seven-run deficit in postseason history. J.D. Drew, much maligned J.D. Drew with the walk-off single. And then the Red Sox won game six and did not win game seven. 
So Tampa Bay ended up going to the World Series. But that's one that sticks with me now. You just might as well ride it out. What's another 30 minutes, right? I know there was another game a few years later about as a playoff game between Memphis and the Clippers, and some team came from like 30 points down. It was a first-round game. I didn't really care that much, but I always feel bad if I miss something. I got serious FOMO when it comes to sports. Fear of missing out, as the kids say. I got to see it, even if it's nothing. I got I to gotta watch it. I can't miss it. I can't watch it later knowing the result. I have to watch it live. So that's why I'm often trying to stay up late to watch all this tennis. But alas, Milos is out. So it's okay. If this is my biggest problem in life, I'm living a good life. Missing sports. Wow. Tough one for you. Yeah, I know. I know I'm complaining about something very small and ultimately meaningless, but it's my show. I can do what I want to, you know? Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. Yes.